Welcome to episode 18 of The Process, Action, Part 1. Martin. Uh, today we have Mr. Kenneth Nelson Jr. on the podcast. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Kenneth. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on the podcast, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you for joining us. Uh, can you tell the listeners uh, where you're from? Yeah, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Still living in Michigan right now. Um, Lansing, Michigan, actually. Uh, so born and raised in Detroit. Detroit, Michigan. D-Town. Is that what they call it? Uh, <laughs> uh, what was it like growing up in Detroit? Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Detroit or Michigan, yeah. Um, so I was born in. I'm. Uh, I don't want to give them my age. I was. Well, I was born in '80, so I grew up in the '80s in Detroit. Man, it was cool. I mean, you know, nowadays, you know, a lot of kids they be on video games. You know, a lot of the video game stuff. But I, I remember, I was. I just grew up outside, man. I was bike riding, hanging out with friends outside. So it was cool. I lived on the um, east side of Detroit. If you're familiar with that, it was kind of. You know, it was kind of the, the hood area, um, but like I just, you know, I grew up. My parents, I have my, you know, my mom and dad, and they were just teaching me to to stay away from that stuff. So I knew at an early age, like I shouldn't be doing it. What I should and shouldn't be doing, you know. So I was pretty good about staying away from the the bad influences. Um, so it was for me. I mean, it, it wasn't rough growing up, man. In Detroit, uh, like I said, I stayed away from the bad influence. Knew what what to do, what not to do. Um, I had a pretty good childhood, man. Pretty fun childhood. So what major struggles did you face growing up in Detroit? I know um, we'll talk later on in this podcast about uh, your career in basically uh, visual arts. Uh, were there any struggles growing up, you know, with the love for visual arts or just growing up in Detroit in general? Yeah, so um, the, the one struggle that stand out that stands out for me actually um you know i think growing up where i grew up like it was like i said i didn't grow up in the best of neighborhoods and so there were a lot of um just a lot of stuff around me that you know like drugs or um not too many gangs but there was like drug stuff going on and and, and, and sometimes like groups that people would try to pull you into um fights things like that and 
I mean, my personality, I really wasn't, you know, some people would call me like a nerd sometimes. Like I wasn't like super nerded out, but I just didn't get in certain like clicks and certain things, you know, so I stayed away from it. So I think one of the challenges for me was just like sometimes um, feeling like, you know, it's something wrong with me. Should I be like hanging with that crowd, you know, so I could fit in? Um, I had my group of friends, but I think that pressure of feeling like, man, those kids over there seem like they uh, got it. They got more or they cooler or, you know what I'm saying? Like, should I be hanging out with them knowing that it might have been the wrong choice and decision? So I think I struggled with that a little bit um, growing up and it, it kind of went away in high school. But, you know, it was still there. And I, and I, had, I think I had to really I struggle with that choice of saying, you know, I'm not going to do those things. I'm going to stay over here and do what I know is what's right to do. Um, so that's some of the stuff that I had to overcome growing up in Detroit. So so today, who is who is Kenneth Nelson? Because I think you touched on something important is it's something that's very hard growing up is basically finding yourself, being yourself and not trying to, you know, not following the crowd, if you will. Um, so who is Kenneth today? Uh, who did you, you know, grow into um, from, I guess, your childhood in Michigan? Yeah, I think I'm still growing into myself today, man. I think, you know, um, and film kind of helps you with that. Like, just that creative process when you're, when you're learning about different people, characters, different stories, different situations, and you try to, like, channel that into, like, something creative. You learn about yourself, um, you know, every day, and you grow into something. You know, I'm growing into something every day. Um, I'm married now with, with my first kid, and so, I mean, that it's just I'm always growing and learning. And so I, I think... What, but staying away from the stuff that I stayed away from as a kid and knowing, making those choices. I mean, I went to college. Um, I came out, I got jobs. You know, um, I produce stuff for, for I, I produce work that's been seen by, you know, millions of people. And so I think I've grown into like the individual that I, that I, that I um, I'm on that path of becoming who I wanted to become as a kid like a filmmaker, a person that's like making an impact, changing people's lives. I'm, I'm growing towards that, um, but I'm definitely not there yet. I'm definitely not there. It's a process. It is a process. Yes. Um, along your process in, you know, film, and I call it uh, visual arts. I'm not sure if that's the correct term, but what, how was it pursuing a career of essentially self-expression? You know, nine times out of 10, when you go to college, it's always a cookie cutter career where you're accounting or you know, business. What was it like to pursue that career and, you know, self-expression that a lot of uh, African-American men aren't pursuing, especially where I'm from? Right, right. So it was tough, man. Like, so in college, like I, I majored in digital media arts and technology at Michigan State. And um, so I, I got in, you know, freshman year, I did well. And going into my sophomore year, I just decided I didn't want to go to class no more. This one for me. I'm about to go to L.A., pursue acting. Um, and I pretty much got kicked out of Michigan State. My sophomore year, I got kicked out on academic probation. And so I just, like, worked around Lansing, did a bunch of odd jobs. You know, I never went to L.A. So long story short, I came back to Michigan State. And I, I think it... I wanted to, uh, I came back focused and I, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I got out of college, but I knew that I needed to come back focused. I needed to get my degree and start there. So then, um, you know, to, to answer your question and, and like that process led me to grad school, 
you know, and then I and in grad school I learned how to become more of a a producer, meaning working with people, um, working with different types of people with different skill sets. You know, um, I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I got out of college, but I was still learning. I, w- I was going through that process, you know, of, of honing my craft, which was videography, editing. Um, and then when I left grad school, I got a job at Michigan State doing video production. And so all the time, I'm not even doing film. I'm still doing visual. It was a visual medium. I'm doing video productions for corporate you know, for, for different things, but what I wasn't doing film, even though I wanted to do film. Um, so fast forward a little bit, I started making short films. Um, I hooked up with Sean, um, who you guys, you know, uh, talked to, like I hooked up with Sean and he had some scripts that he wrote and I had the technical background. And so we got together and we started making short films. And then from there, it was like, wow, you know, we could really do this. Cause the, the idea, man, it's tough. It's, it's tough because there's not a lot of resources and especially you don't see a lot of like you know black men you don't see a lot of them doing that you know what I'm saying? or if, if they are you know it's i've seen some stuff that i just was like man i don't want to do that you know what i'm saying i'm like but that's all i'm seeing like whether it's like low budget stuff or even like hollywood stuff i'm like i don't want to do that so that struggle saying like who am i like type of stories that i want to tell you know um struggling with that like will people like my stuff you know um and then struggling with not having the resources, um, but still moving forward anyway, despite that. So it's been a long journey to get to this point, but everything that I've done, like going to school, learning how to work with people, how to communicate, like um, that's all built me into who I am now to be able to do this. And- so you get, when you got back to Michigan State, and you, you were more focused on, you know, a general idea of what you wanted to be or what you wanted to do uh, upon graduation. What I guess, how was that experience even going back to school, but still having to be motivated to get through school, if that makes any sense? Because I did the same thing. I, um, I went to school, almost flunked out, and then went back to school. But even with going back to school, it was still hard. You know what I mean? How did you persevere even when those hard moments, even though you were motivated still to go back to school? Yeah, I was focused, man. I went back. So what I saw when I was out of school, like I was working in random jobs, man. I was working like um door to door sales i was doing some just crazy random job and so I, my last job was working at um a grocery store and i was just seeing how people was working and living and how they were talking and they they just weren't going nowhere and so i was like i'm i'm, I'm like at the time i was like 20 i think like 19 20 or well, 20 21 and i was like yo i got a whole lot of life i can't imagine myself doing this for the next 15 20 years you know mm-hmm. and people begin to like i would go to different work like I'm, at, I'm in those jobs working and people start asking me questions about who i was where i came from and i'll tell them my story and they'd be like yo what are you doing here and i'm like what you mean i'm working and they're like no nah, like what do you what do you go back to school and so i would hear that over and over again from the people that i worked around and like i think i forget who this was i was but they were like yo like you got a chance, just go back to school. Like if you get an opportunity to go back to school, you you got something, you don't want to be doing this. And I'm like, this is coming from the people that's doing it. And so I'm like, dang. So when I got the opportunity, I didn't think I was gonna get back in Michigan State, but it was a blessing. Cause they, you know, at first academic probation, they were like, you gotta go to a community college and like show that you're competent. And then you can probably come back. I skipped that process. I was like, I just went back to them and was like, can I get back in? And they were like, yeah, you can come back. 
So that was just God, man, because I didn't have to go through that whole process of going to community college or whatever. So I came back in focused and I just knew what I didn't want to do. And how I didn't want to end up like the people I saw in those those odd jobs. So I just came back super focused. And what I did was as soon as I came back, the process was I found, you know, people that I can get myself around that was like way sweeter than I was. So, you know, it was faculty members, professors, students. So I connected myself with them. And was like, I'll do whatever, I'll serve. Like, so I served, I was just like, let me get around you, get the information that you have. And um, I don't need no money. Like, and so I just did that, connected with, you know, the right people. And then was focused in my class, classes. And, you know, when I was getting close to graduation, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm gonna go to grad school. My, you know, it took me a lot to get my grades back up, but they still weren't, my GPA wasn't good enough to get into grad school and I had to take a GRE. I'm terrible at standardized tests. So I was just like, man, I, I gotta take a GRE to get into grad school. This is, I'm not about to get in. Um, so, but what I did was I, I asked, what's the process of getting to grad school? People shared it with me. I started studying for the GRE and there was this one class I had to take. And the professor of that class was the chair of the um, graduate department. He made the decisions for people to get in. So I got in his class on purpose and murdered his class. Like I, it was the most boring class, but I got in there and was like, I was sitting up front. I was going to his office hours. I was asking all kinds of questions. I was killing the tests. Like, and then um, he remembered me. And so I started asking him questions about grad school because you got to get people to write your recommendation letters. And so I'm, I made sure he knew who I was. I did good in this class. He couldn't say anything bad about me. So anyway, long story short, I come up to graduation. I take my GRE. I did well on some parts of it, the math I sucked at. And, you know, so it wasn't the best scores. And then I, then I did some other things, recommendation letters to get in. So the guy, the same guy to the class with, he was like, the GRE scores are not the best. You may want to take the math stuff over. I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not gonna do it. So I was like, I gotta get another way. That's gotta be another way. He's like, you probably won't get in with that score. I was like, whatever. I'm gonna get in, you know, I just had that faith. And so I just kept, you know, I got into my relationships. I did get, eventually get accepted into grad school. Um, I didn't take the Jerry over, but I had some great relationships that I built when I came back that got me in. Like I, I got with the right people. So then another amazing story is once I was in, I'm like, okay, how am I gonna pay for grad school? Um, like maybe a couple weeks into, into grad school, I get a phone call, a random phone call from this guy that's like, hey, we want you to come to our apartment, our office, and we want to interview you for an assistantship. And what an assistantship is, it's like you get it and it pays for your grad school and it pays you money. So I was like, oh, okay. How did you find out about me? Oh, we talked to somebody in your college and we asked, we were looking for a video person to come because we got some new ideas we want to pick around. And he was like, just talk to Kenneth, nobody else. I was like, wow. <laughs> and so um, I got over there, I got the, the assistantship. And so my grad school was paid for and I got like a stipend every month. Um, and through that, I connected with so many people and so many opportunities. And that got me my job with the same people that I got this relationship with for eight years. I worked there then I moved on to then my next position that I had. I got it through that position. So it's, it was crazy, man. So just to say all that was like, I just came back focused. So there was no issue for me to finish because I knew I didn't want to end up like the people that I was working with when I was outside of school. You touched on something very important um, that a lot of our guests touch on, especially uh, Artist Brown. Uh, it's about having faith. And it's, it's, it's something interesting about faith is 
you leave that security blanket or work at that nine to five job to pursue, you know, something that you felt is your purpose that you that you wanted to do. But in the midst of all that, it takes that first step of faith. And it's funny, funny thing about faith is you worry, you worry along that road of faith, but doors just start to open. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Could you speak a little bit about, you know, how, how faith opened doors for you? Oh, yeah, man. Like, so, like you, you said, something important, like you get comfortable. Like, and so once I got that, that job, um, my first job, like, I got real comfortable. I was coming out of, like, college making no money or very little money to like working a full-time job making like I think I started off with like $40,000 like or something you know I came in pretty high because of the relationship I had with them previously um so I was like dang you know what I'm saying like I didn't have no response I didn't have no responsibilities like that like so I was like it's a lot of money and so and it was a cool job like I wasn't I, I had a lot of flexibility I had a lot of autonomy, like, and it was just a blessing. And so I'm doing that for a while and I got comfortable. And a lot of things I wanted to do, I said I was gonna do, I didn't do anymore. Cause I'm like, well, I don't need to do that. Like, I mean, I'm good. And and so, but then I started to become uncomfortable, but I still was comfortable, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So like, I wanted to do something more, but I was, I'm like, ah, man, I like this money, you know? and. And it really wasn't no no kind of money when you think about it. Like it's 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 just so so I um I eventually made a decision to leave and go work um with a small company, a startup that that was and that was a faith move. And then, you know, again the same thing happened. I begin to get comfortable in that situation. So it's so easy to get comfortable, man. And I think you know, with this film, we, we, we will talk about soon, like with this film, it's the same thing. I didn't think that we could make this feature film because we didn't have the money, we didn't have the resources, like, but we stepped out on faith and like now the film is done and like we have a premiere coming up. And so it's just crazy. So I think faith is just, how do I explain, man, I'm, like, and I'm not perfect, no, by all no means with faith. Like I still struggle with like worrying and doubting myself, um, you know, because it's going to always be a different level. Like you're going to step out and do something, then it's going to succeed. And then now you got to do something bigger. Right. And then that's going to be that new fear. Like, man, shoot, I did that. But this seems like it's way more difficult to achieve. So I think at every level of like um, every level, there's like this new type of faith you got to have um, and step out and new dangers, new fears, new, you know, um, people that's going to come in that you got to trust. It's just a lot, man. And so um, but. I think I just take the steps. I just start, I'm just learning to just take the step and trust God um, and see what happens. Cause like you said, doors just begin to open. The universe responds to you when you just step out and make that move. So Mr. Kenneth, uh, you're a father. I mean, yes. You're married, you're married. I'm married. Brent, uh, Monte's married. We all have son. Monte about to go on his second son. I don't know if you have a son or a daughter. I ain't asked you that. Um, but I want to ask, like growing up, growing up with your father, like what role did that play on you? Like what the role did that play on you and helping you develop into the man that you are today? Yeah, so I have a son. Congratulations, Amante Men, on your, uh, congratulations. Like you said, this is your second child that you're about to have? Yeah, it's my second. Second child, congratulations, man. Yeah, this is our first child, like, and um, it's, it's a son. And so like my having my dad, I mean, 
So I grew up and a lot of my friends didn't have their dads. And it was just, it was crazy, man. Um, so I didn't know how it felt like to not have my father. And like, he was always there. Um, and so having that example, like he, I saw him, like he, he was an entrepreneur. Um, and I saw him just doing all kinds of stuff, you know? Um, and so he was, a so being an entrepreneur, being that he had, like was kind of working for himself, he was available a lot more um, too. So. I just would, and I would go around with him sometimes. I would see certain things and he would talk to me about stuff. Um, and it was huge, man. Like, I think now that I have a son, like I, I like when I, my son was born, I was like, dang, I had like, I got like nervous. Like when my son was born, I got nervous and I started feeling like this fear, like of my dad dying. Like, I'm like, man, I, not because I just appreciated him even more after my son was born. And, and I don't know if you guys experienced this, but like when you had your kids the first time, like did you start thinking about death more? Yes, <laughs> I, I do now. Yeah, man, I think about death a lot. And, it, and I, not to sound morbid, but I'm like, you just realize like, wow. And then you start to realize some stuff, how, how unimportant some things are and then how important other things are. And so it just kind of clicked for me. Like, man, my dad was like, just appreciating what he's done. You know the things that we would like kind of clown him about certain things that he would do like um now it's just like man like you, you you just appreciate that more so it's helped me you know being you know learn to be the father that i'm being that i am and that i will be um it's really had an impact having him around speaking on leadership what is the biggest quality in a man that you think can help a boy become a better man hmm great question um i think i think the first thing that popped into my head is vulnerability and it sounds and again like this film we can talk about like this film it's it's something that like you know we're taught a lot of times like men are taught not to be vulnerable to be tough to be this don't cry don't do that you know and um uh, a lot of times it could it can backfire like and, and sometimes you need not not, not to walk around being soft and, and this and that but I think sometimes you need the vulnerability and the compassion to be able to like um, just empathize with people and to be able to come down on somebody's level when they need you to to listen to them to talk to them and even to be transparent with people um, about things that you know you may be going through that can help them and so I think um, like compassion, vulnerability are probably like that, the, the thing that um, make, one of, the, one of the things that make a, a really good leader, that, that a boy can grow up into a man and be able to have that, that a, that's a good quality. You just mentioned your film. Could you talk a little bit about your film? What is it about, um, when is it premiere? Yeah, so the film is called Sincerely Brenda. Um, it premieres November 17th in uh, Lansing, Michigan. Um, but when we also plan on doing like a city tour with it, like going to different cities um, and showing the Houston is actually one of them because I know some folks down there, but showing the film in different cities. But it's, it's simply about um, a family that goes through a tragedy. And and, um, a tra and so they went through a tragedy earlier in their in their lives. And um, now in the present time, the mother dies and it brings them all back together and they have to kind of face uh, the father has to and the two sons have to face 
some of these tragedies from the past and skeletons and secrets and stuff, they have to face them and, and come together and, and, and forgive one another. And so it's really, it's a story about forgiveness um, and really what happens to a family when you have, when you harbor unforgiveness over a long period of time. So it's like over 20 years, like these characters have been dealing with situations. So when I talk about um, like vulnerability and, and, and all that, like, it's like these these men in this movie have just grown into, you know, they kind of been they kind of suffered. Their lives have suffered in different ways. So like you know, one character, the father, was an alcoholic for years, and he went to jail for a crime he committed, and then came out and stayed away from his family. And then the sons, you know, one of the sons, you know, it really affected him as a kid, and so. You know, he grew up with a lot of issues, womanizing issues because of stuff the mom did. And he so he has womanizing issues and, and, and self-esteem issues, but he he lashes out. So like the way he deals with it is sleeping with a lot of women, um, being aggressive, uh, you know, um, being closed off. And then the other son, he's married. You know, he's doing what was seemingly the right thing, has a great career, a wife doing the right thing. But he's very closed off and, and he doesn't express his emotions and he's wound up like you know so I, I look at that son as almost the the more dangerous one because he's wound up and he could just break any moment and snap you know them people that just snap and shoot up a bunch of folks or you snap you're like what happened to this dude like he seemed real cool because he's holding in some stuff like so you know each character has their thing and i wanted to just explore that man like because sometimes one of my friends they read the script and was like yo you know it's, I love it because it's, it shows that it's it's more complex than just good and bad. And so what he meant, like, you have, I feel like everybody's inherently good and we just go through stuff in our lives that, you know, changes. And then we, we're just a product of what happened to us, you know? And so these characters are a product of what happened to them and they're not bad people, but they made choices that seem like bad, that may have been bad choices, but you can't just like blanket a statement and say, oh, that's a bad person, you're horrible. It's like, no, I want to go deeper with these characters, especially three black men. Like, so you see the anger, you see the compassion, the vulnerability, you see the forgiveness, you see all that. Cause I, and I did this because growing up, I watched a lot of films, black films, white films, you know, foreign films at a young age. And I noticed that the black male characters were very one dimensional, just mad, angry, or happy, or you know, uh, uh, infant, in, they, you know, they cheat on their wife, or they're really good, or you know, what I'm saying it's just like no, it's we're more complex and varied than that. And I wanted to create characters that had those layers. From shooting this film, uh, what can you say is the most important? What is the what what what, what would you say is the importance of mental health and health awareness? Oh yeah, man, that's a that's a great question. Um. It's really important, um, you know, and in the black community, I think, you know, we, we, sweep under, we sweep it under the rug. Again, going back to like, just vulnerability, like we don't want to seem weak or, you know, or some of the older generation, they say, oh, it's, you know, just pray. And you just can't pray. And not even the old generation. I think it's, you know, older, younger, it's, it's like, just pray. And you can't pray away everything. Um, you know, you, and they all say faith without works. So you have to work on some things and you have to have faith that it's gonna get better, but you gotta work. And so like, I think the mental illness is real, man. Like people struggling with depression, anxiety, 
and they don't want to go to the doctor or they don't want to talk to someone about it because they don't want to seem weak or you know um and i deal with that in the movie i don't really deal with it heavily in the movie but the characters are dealing with that and i i don't deal with it like um explicitly because i kind of want people to watch it and then i want to have conversations about it like i want people to ask questions like wait so why does this character do that or this character was this and then have these conversations about well, I, you know, some of these characters have some mental stuff going on, some some depression and anxiety, um, and which caused them to do these things. You know what I mean? So it's very important, man. I think for us to have conversations about that and to be compassionate and understanding and open to like dialogue about mental um, health issues in the black community. So I'm hoping that this film, you know, when we send it around and we have our talkbacks that we can address that. So looking at the project as a whole, um, how did it feel, you know, nurturing this project as an idea and to seeing it through until the end? Yeah, man, it feels great. I, like, I didn't think I could write it. Um, I had the idea f- for like three years and um, I just kept writing it and throwing it in the garbage, writing it, throwing it in the garbage. I'm like, man, I'm not a writer. Um, but the characters kept speaking to me and it was just like, this guy was like, you got to trust me, you know, um, and so last year, my, my so Sean, my production partner, he was like, man, you just gotta like, just don't worry about trying to be perfect. Just write it, man, just write it. And then, so, you know, we had that conversation and then my wife, you know, we found out she was pregnant last year, April. And I'm like, I gotta finish the script. Cause when little man come, is I'm not gonna be able to finish it. Like, you know, it's gonna take me longer to finish it. And so I finished it and, and, um, it's just, it's just great, man. Like, because when, 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 like when God tells you to do something and you're obedient and you see, you begin to see like, wow, that's why I need to do it. So like I was, so when we had our auditions, one of the characters in the script, like um, female, uh, she's uh, the wife of one of the um, male leads. And um, I won't go into detail about it. I don't want to give anything away. But the actress, she said, she when she got the part and she read that particular scene and she said she cried because she wasn't dealing with that specific thing but she was get she had some news about something that couldn't happen in her life they said that it was a high chance that it wouldn't happen and she was like oh my god like she cried and so man she and she murdered her that step that that role because she it helped her and and oh no here's okay yeah she wouldn't mind me sharing this actually yeah, this is this is the one because she yeah. So the character, the father, you know, her some of her backstory. The father, you know, left and had a second another family, and then they found out, right? So her character deals with that. So she told me when she she sent her monologue to audition for the movie, and I watched her monologue, and out of like a hundred submissions, she had the best monologue. I'm like that felt so real. And so when she got the part, I had a conversation with her. I'm like, yo, that monologue was amazing. She was like, that's because I lived it. And I'm like, what? Well, she was like, my dad had another family. Like that exact thing happened. And so I saw that and like, this is crazy. And I had another character in the film um, who she got the part and another actress. And she said that, that's like, she started crying on set one day. I asked her one question. She started crying and I'm like, what's going on? And she opened up to me about how she's struggling with this in her family and it's mirroring her character. And another guy, my sound guy, 
said the same thing. So I'm like, this is crazy. This stuff is healing our, our people that's in the movie. Before it even come out, it's healing people. You know, it's, it's having them think about how can I make something, do something different, you know? Um, and so that's how I knew that I did the right thing. You know, I did the right thing. In your experience, how can storytelling be a means of healing? You know, we all go yeah. through depression, all type of things. How can your storytelling be a means of healing, healing people? I mean, if you, I mean, just just going to movies, watching watching a story that's you know touches you. I think you know this story is gonna touch you know people. Like we've all gone through something, and a lot of times movies is they say art is a reflection of life, or, or art imitates life. You know, um, and and that's what it is, man. It's like you're seeing somebody going through something that that you might have went through exactly, or it may be similar, or somebody you know. And, and if it's good, like if the acting is good and the story is good, it's gonna touch you, man. It can be healing. It just, it, and so, I, I think that um, one of the things that you know that that you know my Sean, you know my production partner and I, we always say we want to put content out there that's not gonna like um, that's gonna edify. We want to edify people. We don't want to put something in their spirit that's destructive, you know. And I think it's the responsibility of artists to um and, and again i'm not knocking anybody that's the people they're, they're free to, to make whatever art they want to make or whatever so but i personally feel like it's my responsibility to put stuff out there that's going to like build people up you know they can walk away and feel like man that i need to do something different in my life you know um whether it's call my mom or dad or my or, or and say i'm sorry or my friend and say i'm sorry or or whether it's to try to make it work with my spouse you know um or whether it's to go out and try to start this business so I can change people's lives, you know, whatever it is, I think it's, it's my responsibility to put stuff out there that's gonna edify. So what programs and initiatives do you think should be in place for people to overcome and achieve those goals of one day uh, becoming an actor or becoming a, just becoming into the, into the uh, your profession? Yeah, yeah, so I think it's just um, having exposure, you know, you, I didn't grow up walking down, you know, this isn't LA or this wasn't New York, Detroit. You know, I didn't grow up walking down the street seeing movies being made. Um, but I, I was just, I was in an environment like my parents nurtured my sister and I's like talent. Like they saw that we were interested and they, they tried to put us in environments to help nurture that. So I was blessed to have parents that did that. A lot of kids don't have parents that um, even notice it or care. Like, and so I think having like you know like again Sean and I we talked about um putting together an organization that gives access to young people um that can come on set and that can like see how a set operates that can hold the camera or, or help put up a light you know that could come just see the process and like demystify the process it, it seems like it's just impossible to get into the industry or to do that or that like you said earlier um you don't see that like you don't see a lot of like brothers doing like film stuff like it just seems like it's not an option and so we just want to demystify it and give it's that access it's the it's the access to the environment to show that it's possible and now nowadays man with the technology you know a kid could go with their phone and make a movie like if they got an idea you can make a movie with your phone and put it online and you could get recognized you know it's crazy and so it's just knowing that you can do it like 
you don't have to have everything to do it. You can just, you have an idea, you got some people you can get together, just go do it. And then giving them the access to being able to see the process and, and demystify it and, and let them know that it's possible. So so what, what advice would you give to someone who is pursuing a career path in film? Like I did um, when I went back to school, like I said, I put myself around the right people. Like a lot of times we surround ourselves with um, people that say yes, people that like, kind of like kind of falsely build us up because we got self-esteem issues <laughs> you know we want to hear we want to hear people say oh you sweet you fire this is, this is dope like oh man and you know and it's like that's not helping that's not helping like and so i think putting yourself around those people that are better than you are and that's again like people don't want to surround them because it's like oh man you better it's the jealousy the envy. it's like no like it's the opposite like put yourself around people that are better than you like that can that you can learn from um and it's not always about getting paid either like i know you know money you need money but sometimes you got to put yourself in situations for the opportunity and to learn um and humble yourself because that's all I did, man. Like I just put myself around people and was like, what what can I do? If even if I never touched the camera or a light, they if they just said just stand here, I'm like, I'm about to stand here and ask questions and look and take notes. You know, I did that. And so to young people that want this career path, it it's nowadays like it's so much easier than it was when I was younger because equipment is you can get a camera or you got your phone. You can, like I said, you can you can shoot something and put something up online and you can continue to do that. And then like challenge yourself to do something better next time and then get around those people that are good and, and ask the questions and um, make yourself available and serve people and be humble and learn how to communicate. So it's all these things and, and doors are open for you. And so um, I would say um, as far as resources, like you know start online like start going to youtube and looking up filmmakers behind the scenes like look up uh you know um what, what if you see a film that you like find out who the director is go on youtube and 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 there's like uh stuff like um I'm trying to think of this stuff i watch just just celebrity interviews or director interviews just start googling that stuff watch interviews watch people talk about the craft like you can learn that's free so that's you know if you don't if you're in a situation where you can't you're not in that environment where you can find somebody just look on youtube find them on youtube start there and then again reach out to people on facebook instagram like directors doing stuff you know whatever you want if you want to do it be a director if you want to be a writer if you want to be an editor like you know reach out to people like myself reach out and say hey i'm interested in this like I have some questions. Can I get on the phone with you? Or can we like chat, whatever? A lot of times people are responsive. They'll be like, sure. Cause they wanna, if they're cool. They, they wanna give away the knowledge. You know, they wanna help build somebody else up. So again, reach out to people on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, watch YouTube videos, interviews, watch movies. Um, that, that, that's, that's stuff that you can do for free. And it, it, it helps a ton. I mean, I do that right now. I, there was a direct, there's a director in, in, in Chicago that, um, He's done a bunch of movies and this dude, like he was just giving away knowledge. Like he came to Detroit, did a seminar. I went there, I, I spoke to him, met him, changed my information. Then I like, he would show his films in Chicago. Me and my boy Sean would drive to Chicago every time. We would make the trip, make the investment to go down there and support his stuff because we wanted to make the connection with him. And I can reach out to him now on Facebook and just ask him questions and he'll respond, you know. Um, 
And so it's just very valuable to, to, to reach out to people. Don't be afraid to do that. Build the relationships, like study the craft um, and, and put yourself around people that's better than you so that you can learn. Do you have any lasting words that you want to leave with the listeners? Yeah, I think, um, man, I was just watching this documentary on Quincy Jones on Netflix last night and he said, he got a quote that just just hit me, man. It was, it was, um, it was two quotes. The first quote was, be humble with your creativity and graceful with your success. And that was Quincy Jones again. So, you know, be humble with your creativity. So it's like a lot of people, man, you have talent, you super talented, creative, you're doing some dope stuff, um, but you cocky and you a jerk and people don't want to be around you. And they may be around you and tolerate you because you good, right? But then the moment they can like, the moment you slip up and something happen, yeah, they just waiting for your for your demise. They just waiting for it. And so I think a lot a lot a lot of people that I've met that, that I've built relationships with that that I love are people that's just super dope. But you wouldn't even know because they don't talk about it like that. But they're confident though. They're confident in what they can do. That's the second quote. So let me finish the first one. Be humble with your creativity and graceful with your success. So it's like again, like when you get some success, don't let it go to your head. Don't like become cocky and and, and don't. Because I heard somebody once say, um, like, don't, you know, burn bridges or, or don't step on people on your way up because you're going to have to meet them on your way down, you know? Like, so you don't stay up forever. Like, there's ebb, stuff ebbs and flows. Like, so you have success, then then you, man, you, y'all got to watch that Quincy Jones documentary because it's another quote that they, that talks about when, when you're high, then you go low. And it was saying, like, learn how to deal with the valleys, the peaks that take care of themselves. So it's like when you like successful, stuff is just flowing. Like, you know, things are happening, you're good, like opportunities are coming, it's all great. But then you're gonna have those moments where you just gonna hit bottom. And those people that you stepped on and you did wrong on your way up, you gonna, you gonna need them on your way down. Again, so, and, and so just be careful, be humble. Um, and be graceful. And then the second quote was, you need confidence in your creativity, but ego is overdressed insecurity. So I thought that was deep too. I was like, man. So again, like humble doesn't mean like that you're not confident. Um, so be confident in what you do, but don't have an ego. Like a lot of times people that's egotistical and just force enforcing, they're, they're just insecure and they're just overcompensating for it. And so again, a lot of people that I've noticed that's just super dope, like, they're just cool they're mellow they, they don't have to like force their way because people know that they they just know and they're, and they're like humble and they're like open to suggestions and open and so so that that would be my like my advice from those two quotes man and I, I try to be humble as I can and I try to get back I'm not perfect like I slip up I see stuff sometimes and get you get jealous and be like man I gotta check myself because like that's not my path or this is my path and and I'm happy for that person or I'm happy for this or and I, always, I always have to check myself man because you're human right um but it's just that recognition that I that I, I recognize that in myself and I'm always working on that in myself um and so stay humble man be confident um be graceful in your success you know, build relationships with people um you don't burn bridges and just surround yourself with people that's better than you what can what can the viewers find you? Yeah, so you can go to um, so there's the film website is sincerelybrenda.com. Um, that's where you can go 
check out the film and if you're in you know the um area and you know where, even if you're not if you want to come out and see the film like you, we can buy tickets there um i also um i have my own video production company and that website is raymediacreative.com um so yeah so again raymediacreative.com is my my site and if there's anybody listening to this like you know young young um up-and-comers you're interested in video or even if you're not young or whatever you you're interested in like getting a video or learning more just like reach out to me go to my website contact me um you guys have my email i don't know if you post you can post my my email and my website you guys you know people you can reach out to me um again that's raymediacreative.com for my business website and then my film website is um sincerelybrenda.com this concludes episode 18 of the process be sure to follow us on instagram twitter and facebook and to like us on soundcloud and itunes thank you They're chanting, trust the process. <laughs> trust the process. Trust the process. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. Right? You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through, and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.